Welcome to Ariana Answers. I'm Dr. Ariana Brandolini, a clinical psychologist who lives in New York City. Every week, I answer a life question submitted by a listener like you. In the third season of my podcast, I dive deep into cognitive distortions, also known as negative thought patterns. Our cognitive distortions have a significant impact on our mental health. We have the ability to rewire our brains by getting to the root cause of these negative thinking habits and instead build patterns of thinking that create joy. Each episode will have two parts, one where I break down the distortion and the other where I give you an exercise to help you overcome. Would you like your question answered? Head over to the description of this video to submit. Now, let's jump into this week's episode. Dear Ariana, I recently quit my job after being with the company for three and a half years. It feels great to be out of there. My boss made the environment extremely toxic. She frequently made mistakes and placed the blame on others, gaslit and condescended. Her attitude might be the worst I've ever experienced. Five people who were hired to work on our team quit in the past two years alone. I don't know how she's managed to keep her job with that kind of turnaround. Anyhow, since quitting, I've been replaying several interactions with her over in my head, and each time I think of something I didn't say or do that I should have. I should have spoken up, not let her place blame where it didn't belong. I should have pulled her aside and had a conversation about how I was feeling. I should have filed a complaint with HR. I should have found a way to advocate for others. All these shoulda, coulda, wouldas have been running through my head nonstop. I know it's the past and I should let it go, but I can't for some reason. Maybe I'm angry with myself for staying so long. How do I let go of all this anger and regret I'm holding on to? Will these ruminations stop on their own or is there a way to proactively end them? Please help. Do you ever find yourself endlessly replaying past situations in your mind and wish you'd done things differently? You wish you hadn't said that dumb thing or sent that text. You wish you had volunteered for that project that's now thriving. You wish you'd spoken up. You wish you hadn't dropped the ball in that relationship. Overthinking about past regrets is called rumination. While worry is about overthinking what might happen in the future, rumination is obsessive thinking about events that already happened. When we react to an event by engaging in rumination, this process of thinking will often trigger memories of similar situations in the past and causes an unproductive focus on the gap between what we perceive as our real self and our ideal self. Prompted by this one event, you might begin to berate yourself for not being more of something. Organized, ambitious, smart, disciplined, or charismatic. Regret is a negative emotion that hinges on what psychologists call counterfactual thinking. Counterfactual thinking essentially means that we look back on a situation and come up with imaginary scenarios to convince ourselves that things could have been better if only I had done X. There's a tendency with regret to see the decision you didn't take as inevitably better than the decision that you did. Yes, it's entirely possible that this other way would have worked out better, but it also might have even been more disastrous. The point is that we can't know for sure. The hallmark of toxic regret 
is that feeling of certainty, the absolute knowledge that it would have been better, when the knowledge of that is com a complete impossibility because it's in the past and it doesn't even exist. For example, if you wish you'd put more effort into that relationship, regret orientation might make you think, if only you'd said or done that one thing, you could have fixed everything. Or you might come to a wild conclusion that you'll never find anyone else. Our brains are really good at coming up with these elaborate alternative worlds in which you would have done things differently. A lot of this is really based on our desires, our wants, our needs. It's basically a reflection of us wanting to get somewhere and achieve the things that are really important to us. Even though regrets are part of being alive and part of being human, if we engage in the cognitive distortion of regret orientation, they can be really useless and even problematic. Wanting to get somewhere can be a starting point for growth and change. But if it stays in rumination without action, it keeps us in cycles of negat negativity and despair. I work with many people who engage in a lot of rumination and regret, and they find this really hard to control. Why is that? Your brain is made up of cells called neurons. The gap between where one neuron ends and another begins is called a synapse. When we think a thought, an electrical impulse of energy is sent along these neurons and the synaptic gap in your brain. As you use a particular pathway every time you think, structural changes happen that allow electrical impulses to pass down the same pathway more easily in the future. If you have repeated thoughts of the same thing, these pathways are strengthened even more, like a muscle. Pretty soon, these pathways are so strong that they happen automatically without us even being aware. And that's how thought habits, like regret orientation, are formed. Picture a field with long grass. Initially, when you walk this field, there was no discernible pathway to get to the other side, where your house actually is. You need to make your own way through. However, over the course of days and weeks and months, you keep on walking along the same path. As you continue walking, a clear path comes into view. And eventually, the grass becomes so worn that there's a dirt path on display, and that's where you naturally and instinctively walk along in order to get to your house on the other side. This is similar to how thoughts create pathways in your brain when they're used over and over again. As you continue thinking the same thought over and over, you'll travel the same pathway easier and easier. It's also like a muscle. If you overuse certain muscles, they'll get stronger and stronger and more automatic, while other ones will become flaccid and flabby, and you don't use them as naturally. Sometimes our regret grooves and our regret muscles are so deep that we feel like there's no other pathways for our thoughts to travel down. Regret can have damaging effects on the mind and on the body when it turns to fruitless rumination and self-blame and it keeps people from re-engaging in life. This pattern of repetitive, negative, self-focused rumination thinking is very characteristic of depression and it might even be the cause of it. When we're going over a regret in the past again and again, it means you're essentially reliving it and all the negative emotions and stress hormones are flooding your body each time. Regret rumination 
also prevents the frontal lobe from working effectively, which results in poor problem solving in the present. Do you feel like your thoughts are often spiraling and hard to control? Is it hard to stop thinking negatively about your life? I get it. And I've helped many people like you recognize and overcome negative thought patterns, which allowed them to thrive. To help you in this process, I've developed a program called Power Thoughts. This program helps you understand how thoughts physically change your brain and then equips you with the tools to rewire your thinking. To find out more, click the link in my podcast description. Research shows that regret can result in chronic stress, negatively affecting our hormones and our immune system functioning, and it affects our ability to recover from stressful life events by extending their emotional reach for sometimes years or even lifetimes. Do you find this information helpful? Is there a certain topic you'd like us to cover? Leave us a comment and review about what you'd like to hear. This cognitive distortion of regret orientation can be prevalent in those who've gone through trauma because victims often distort how much information they actually had prior to the traumatic event. They may think they overlooked clues or signs that signaled that something bad was going to happen and that they could have prevented it if they could have acted on those clues or those hunches or those gut feelings. We often assign more meaning and significance to these clues than we actually had in the moment and forget that during trauma things happen really quickly and we don't have time to evaluate every piece of information. Because we believe we quote unquote should have acted on this knowledge, we may dwell in regret like we are to blame or we didn't do all that we could. When we're living in an orientation of regret, we're living in shame and self-blame, berating the person we were in the past for the decisions that we made that have impacted our present. One of the most powerful things we can do in these spaces is engage with curiosity and self-compassion. Rather than, I should have done this, let's ask ourselves, I wonder why I did this. Rather than, I should have done that, Let's ask ourselves, I wonder why I didn't do that. When we look back on the decisions that we made, we need to remember that we made them for a reason. Maybe we were feeling shame or fear. Maybe we were struggling with depression and could barely get through the day. Maybe back then we didn't have all the information we have now. Maybe we were immature or had different values and perspectives. I firmly believe that most of the time we do the best we know how at any given moment. Maybe that person in the past was less equipped than you are now. Maybe they were less confident, less self-assured. Maybe they were in pain or hadn't gone through as much healing as you have today. So when dealing with regret or even any past shame, it's important to engage with ourselves in the past in a posture of curiosity, trying to connect back to our experience in those moments. Once we do, we are then able to engage with self-compassion for that younger version of ourselves doing the best they knew how in that moment. Then we can speak to that younger self with comfort and forgiveness. Imagine you're talking to a younger cousin, your younger sibling, 
or the child version of yourself? What would you say? Often these experiences and exercises can be absolutely transformative to accept, forgive, let go, and ultimately move on. This is an exercise designed to bring in some tenderness, some self-compassion, some kindness, when you're engaging in a lot of regret orientation. You can also use this exercise when you're simply having a hard time. So I want you to find a place where you won't be disturbed for the next few minutes, where you can sit comfortably or lie comfortably in privacy and in relative silence. Find a comfortable and easy position. Take a deep inhale in through your nose and out through your mouth and close your eyes. Bring awareness to your breath, your inhales and your exhales. Taking a deep breath in and out. So take a few moments to settle into the feeling of your body as a whole, sitting and breathing or lying down and breathing, just riding the waves of the breath moment by moment, resting in awareness, an awareness of your body and your breath moment by moment. Now gently, I want you to think of a situation in your life where you're feeling badly about a failure or a mistake you made. It can be a past situation that you often replay in your mind, wishing you'd done things differently. You can also simply bring to mind a situation where you're in need of some care today. Maybe you're feeling inadequate in some way or going through something that's difficult, stressful, or challenging. Allow yourself to feel your way into the situation. What's going on? What are you feeling? And also feeling the distress into your body, if you can dropping out of your head into your body, feeling the discomfort and where it lives. And now we're going to bring in the three components of self-compassion, which are mindfulness, shared humanity, and kindness. So starting with mindfulness, this is just about being present with what is and allowing for some tender acceptance, being present and validating the pain. It's saying to yourself something like, it's really hard to feel like this, 
to experience this right now. This moment is painful. It's a moment of suffering. Also reminding yourself of your humanity. Feeling like this, situations like this, it's part of being human. There is nothing wrong with me for feeling this way. I'm certainly not the only one. Allow yourself to feel your connectedness to others in your own imperfection. And then finally, we want to bring in some kindness. One way to do that is with physical touch, putting your hands on your heart perhaps, or cradling your face in your hands, feeling the warmth of your hands. And saying something kind to yourself, which is exactly what you need to hear in this moment. Maybe it's a message of acceptance. It's okay to be imperfect. Or it's a message of support. I'm here for you. It'll be okay. Imagine your past self in the situation that you have in your mind. Picture yourself as you are today speaking to that past self with kindness. Go over, put your arm around them and say, hey, you're doing the best you know how with the information in front of you. I know you were scared or anxious or just didn't know better. And if you're not sure what to say, you can imagine what you say to a dear friend in the same situation. What words of care and comfort would you use to help your friend? And then try to say something similar to yourself. Connect to compassion and care for this younger version of you. Now, let's return to your breath and let this practice go. Just allow yourself to be exactly as you are in this moment. Bring yourself back to the room you're in. If you're feeling any distress, you can always try grounding, planting your feet on the ground, feeling the soles of your feet on the floor and feeling that stability. Take a few deep breaths in through your nose and out through your mouth. And open your eyes.